Hello and welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Bibber. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, how are you today? Doing fantastic, but I know I'm not doing as good as you. Man. Considering the news we got earlier, uh, <laughs> earlier this week. I... I am still like, like in just hungover. I guess is the only way to describe it. I I was out. I, I guess the exhaustion and relief and cold and flu season and all that other crap caught up to me. And I was I was under the weather yesterday, and and I wondered. Everyone was giving me a hard time. They're like, "You're just you just you OD'd on euphoria," and I and I think I might have a little bit because. Uh, hey, that's I'm telling you what, man. <laughs> Look, even as bad as you felt, all you had to do was think back to the fact that you no longer have to deal with Jeff Fisher, and I'm sure you felt at least a little bit better. <laughs> oh man, I, t- I just kept thinking all day Monday. I was tired, and like Monday evening roll- turned into Monday evening. I was just kind of hanging out, getting ready for the game Monday night. And then just like, man, no matter what, no matter what bad news came across my timeline, I'm just like. Hey, today I'm on a smile. Jeff Fisher got fired. <laughs> I can think about Russian cyber attacks later, but for now, I'm just going to soak in the moment because I've been waiting for a while. That was pretty crazy timing, too. Yeah, I just, I, that's, that's the one thing that threw me off about it. Everything else about it was pretty predictable. Um, and, you know, you can't say he didn't have it coming, but it just seems like the indications were that the, the Rams, uh, so what, 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 how did they put it? They, they, they saw beyond the wins and losses because of all the other stuff, the movement to LA, mm-hmm. which they elected to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it just seems like they, they had, they were going to stick with him through thick and thin. So, but I mean, it was pretty much an ass kicking that uh, Atlanta handed down on them. So yeah, maybe it was just just a situation where it was too much. And I think they did. You know, some reports were saying basically, if you know, didn't go out there and lose that badly, he still would have had a job. So yeah, two in a row like that too. I mean, just to get your ass handed to you two in a row like that, and not even look like. You know, you have a fighting chance at winning that game. The one with the week before with the Saints, and then this week with the yeah, Falcons. Then, you know, as you were saying before the show started, having your star running back come out and say that you were running a middle school offense <laughs> definitely didn't help either. So, yeah. <laughs> it's fitting too, since somebody in that MMQB report last week, somebody described the dysfunction and characterized the dysfunction in the Rams front office between Fisher and the, and the person, some of the personnel side people as quote unquote Rams junior high. So I, I guess maybe it was the most fitting offense they could have possibly had out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, like I said, the thing that's funny about it is it's not like the offense regressed all that much last week. That's pretty much how the Rams offenses looked all the season. Yeah. So maybe he was just fed up. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe that kid was just like, this is, you know, I've had it. Yeah. And he just finally went off. But, yeah. 
I don't know, whatever it was, it, it, it finally got Jeff Fisher out of here, so that's all that matters. <laughs> and the only, like, the only, like, downside is, is, like, he's tied that rec- Dan Reeves record for the most losses ever by a head coach. Didn't get to own it all to himself, which is the only, like, if I had one quibble with the whole thing. No, but that's quintessential Jeff Fisher right there. Yeah. Like, it's not like he was, you know, two and twelve or two and fourteen all these seasons or something like that. He always gets you close to being mediocre, seven and nine, eight and eight. So, you know, the fact that he isn't the terriblest coach that's ever been, <laughs> you know, by losses, it is entirely appropriate. He's only number two. He couldn't even be the best at that, you know. <laughs> Uh, he he's sort of the living that whole that old C's get degrees thing. He's sort of the living embodiment of that NFL version of that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. He didn't deserve to get the most losses. Like you, you weren't even that good at that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least Dan Reeves went to a few Super Bowls. And there you go. I mean, well, you know. But the thing is, you know, Dan Reeves is more about longevity than anything else. Yeah. Because, you know, Jeff Fisher was going to get there a lot quicker than Dan Reeves. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, uh, listen, man, Dan Reeves, at least, you know, you're going to get some really good football or some really bad football, which is almost better, you know. You you, you can go ahead and move on. Yeah. When it's that terrible. Jeff Fisher is going to give you that 79 bullshit. Which is, you know, about right for tying the record for the most losses ever. So, yeah, just bad enough, just good enough to to make your second guess final. Just bad enough to keep you out of the playoffs. So. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's funny because man, Los Angeles didn't like St. Louis would truck with that shit. But man, Los Angeles, they turned fast out there. I mean, you had the whole thing with it, it all like really went south. The Eric Dickerson thing, it just where it really went south fast. You pissed off Eric Dickerson. And then you went out and lied, he went out and lied about it, and then Dickerson called him out, went on the went back on TV and was like, no, that's not how it happened. And, and I wonder if, if that's like, you know, one of those things where them moving from St. Louis to LA really did cause a miscalculation. Like <clears throat> you know, obviously, I, I think uh, Eric Dixon lives in L.A., so he's going to be mm-hmm. here a lot more games. But, th- you know, maybe if they stay in St. Louis, they never even have that conflict because he's not, you know, he's not really in position to go to a lot of the games in that oh, situation. Yeah. So <laughs> you just got to wonder, like, if if ultimately the one thing we, we kind of thought them moving from St. Louis to L.A. bought him a few more years, but it might be the thing that actually ended up ending him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he got that contract extension was more about, you know, that like, hey, this is sort of the thank you for getting us through that. And then, you know, it was easy walking away money a little bit too. Yeah. Must yeah. be nice. <laughs> Must be really nice. <laughs> I mean, if somebody I wanted mean, to give me $7 million to walk away, I'd do it. I'm just saying. I mean, listen, Jeff Fisher ain't coaching no more. He, <laughs> sit, give him a big-ass ranch somewhere and just sit on the porch all day and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, he bills. got away with, with highway robbery without a match. <laughs> so, yeah. More power uh, to him. Like yeah. you said, it must be nice. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I um, here's uh, here's a statistic that's pretty interesting. In the last ten years, the record for a uh, team in the game after they fire their head coach in the middle of the season is seven and eight. So if the Rams lose tonight, the record is homage seven and <laughs> yep. nine. <laughs> Gonna be an homage to you. Go ahead. We lost this game for you, just so everybody remembers. <laughs> Seven nine bullshit. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's like the best part about this is like all this, uh, all this trouble sets up from that. Hard Knocks appearance, and where he goes, I'm not fucking going seven and nine, or eight and eight, or nine and seven. <laughs> You've been practicing that one, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. That sounds almost exactly like him, too. You've been practicing that one. Yeah. I'd be lying but that, I I seriously, though, that's like, that's, more than anything else, that's the thing that's going to stick to him for forever now. Yeah. That speech, that little part of that speech. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah, actually, <laughs> turns out it is. Somebody Seven asked nine. him about it too, like a couple of weeks ago when the season was really kind of going to shit. And somebody asked him about like the expectations he set with that speech. And he's like, well, of course he had an excuse for it. He had the, the whole thing was like, well, that was really more to motivate the players about it because we'd had that incident with, you know, the guy having the woman in his dorm room or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, man. What the f- What? Oh, yeah. Man, come on. <laughs> I mean, at least make it believable. <laughs> or just, he was you know. basically, in that speech, he was basically begging them to continue believing in the coaching staff. That's the read I got from it. Like, we yeah. know what we're doing. If you got to tell me you know what you're doing, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say you probably don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, what a what a great just I mean, really, like if the week ended right now, if like the year ended right now, and I'd just be like, hey, for all those stuff that's happened, at least we have that. <laughs> at least like, there's a little consolation in uh in salvation in twenty sixteen. If for nothing else, Jeff Fisher finally got exposed as a fraud. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> It's not, it does set up – I will say, though, the timing of it is kind of weird, like we were saying before the show, is that, you know, you know, usually when coaches get fired during the season, it's – you know, they have that week – you know, it's usually a bye week or, you know, at least a full week. And then the, the Rams got to turn around and play tonight. I mean, that's a – fired Monday, game on Thursday. That's a – that's – that's kind of a tough turnaround for those 53 guys, though, don't you think? Oh, for the coaching staff especially. I mean, yeah. all of a sudden, they're going to have to go, you know, and, and different people are going to have to kind of uh, help out with each other's job. Yeah. And, you know, if you're the interim head coach, I, I've forgotten who they even named as, like, the interim head guy. Also, you got to, you know, <laughs> start thinking about, uh, time management stuff, uh, the rules for challenging plays, mm-hmm. all these different things that you never had to worry about going into a game. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting on a short week to see 
just you know how well they they're able to kind of you know cooperate and come together and 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 make sure they don't at least fall on their face or yeah. if they in fact go out there and fall on their face so I, I'm kind of <laughs> leaning towards the latter. Yeah, I noticed we are all pretty solidly went with the Seahawks in this game, and that was even before. Well, I guess it was it was after Fisher got fired when we did those picks. So. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not really high, you know, on the Seahawks. Like I say, with Earl Thomas out, they look like a different team. But, yeah, a short week after you fired Jeff Fisher, and, you know, nobody on their staff really looked like a hot head coaching prospect or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't really hold out a whole lot of hope of, of the, you know, the Rams mm-hmm. going in there and, and winning one for the Gipper or something. <laughs> No, especially when you get the sense that it, there wasn't like there was kind of a divide because you had some of the defensive players saying, you know, really upset about the news, and then you know the offensive players were noticeably quieter about it all. I swear, I, I thought I saw somebody that was re- retweeting like some of their uh, offensive players, and I don't know if it was coincidence or not, but they were all pretty religious, tweets, you know, thanking God and. <laughs> they're all of a sudden they're blessed and you know I don't know if it's related to Jeff Fisher getting fired but it, but it seemed like the tweets all came around the time when the news broke about about uh, Jeff Fisher being fired so yeah I, I'm not so sure that those guys are very broken up about him getting fired either yeah it'd be tough it'd be tough um well, that's, you know, I guess that's probably enough time on the Rams. We, you know, want to try to keep folks listening here. So I could, if you, if you really want more laughing and if you really want more dancing on Jeff Fisher's grave, I was on Facebook. I did a Facebook live video that's mostly just about 30 minutes of me laughing and saying, fuck yeah. So on Monday afternoon. So. <laughs> I mean, I, it was the most visceral reaction I could have possibly come up with to the, to the news itself. So, um, yeah, so check that out. But, you, you know, you mentioned something with the Seahawks, and I think that's kind of a, a general theme we're seeing at this point in the season. But obviously the Earl Thomas injury is a big factor with the Seahawks, but they've kind of gone from looking like a pretty good team to suddenly sort of like, They've slipped a little. I mean, I wouldn't say they're a bad team or anything, but they've slipped a little bit lately. Yeah, and and, and it's you know last game Russell Wilson just looked terrible. Uh, it's one of the worst games I've seen him look in a long time, mm-hmm. which is weird because all of a sudden it looked like he finally had his legs up under him uh, mm-hmm. again, where he could could run around a lot more. So he's you know he looked to be a little bit more mobile in my estimation, but his accuracy and stuff was just way off. From what we're used to seeing, I, I, one one place sticks out to me is, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham was running wide open mm-hmm. down the field. He just just totally overshot him, and it was se- you know several other plays like that throughout the game. And of course, the interceptions, mm-hmm. which one of them wasn't, wasn't his fault, uh, but still, just um, you know, do quarterbacks have those kind of games? Of course they do, but you would think down the stretch. You know, you'll be expecting Russell Wilson to really be kind of hitting his stride right now, not struggling along. And then, of course, their offensive line is still, you know, just. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's bad. 
they, they, yeah, they, they're. You just kind of have to wish or hope that they play well. <laughs> you can't be confident in them at all. Um, and, and like I said, you know, I, I said this last week with Earl Thomas. The, the thing is, it's not that they can't have a competent backup step in and make some plays, but there's just some plays that that a guy like Earl Thomas makes mm-hmm. that really only he can make, or maybe only him and two other guys who aren't on the Seahawks team in the whole NFL can make. Yeah. And, and a lot of times those plays, even when they kind of float under the, the radar sometimes, a lot of times those plays are the plays that kind of, you know, end up being the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you put all that together and now this team is a lot more of a question mark than you normally expect going into week 15. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not really sure what to make of them. Uh, obviously, Green Bay just really put it on them last week. But, you know, how much have they fallen off and will they be able to kind of bounce back in, in some of these areas? You know, it kind of remains to be seen. I, I think Russell Wilson, of course, will will bounce back. But uh, the rest of these guys, I'm just not sure. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is like they're, I mean, barring just some sort of, I mean, I don't even know if mathematically any other team has, I guess it's, possible but probably unlikely that and this is without doing the math on the tiebreakers in my head here too but like Arizona maybe could mathematically come back and win the NFC West but it's I mean it's sort of like parting the Red Sea level miracle that they would need for that to happen so the Seahawks are going to the playoffs no matter almost you know it's almost guaranteed so that's kind of a tough situation though to be headed into the playoffs with Oh, absolutely. And, and then, you know, yeah, they might, they probably will make it into the playoffs, but will they have a home game uh, mm-hmm. or you know, will they have home field advantage? Because uh, that's a huge deal for them. They play so much better at home, in, in my estimation, and a lot of that crowd and, you know, their pass rushers really are able to tee off uh, when, when that crowd gets into it and the offensive line can't hear uh, the quarterback's cadence. So, uh, it's not that they can't win on the road, but a team that's already kind of reeling and uh, no Earl Thomas on defense, you know, you want every advantage that you can possibly have heading into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to, you know, win out. You know, I think they probably need to win out to uh, secure that, that second seed and have home field at least for a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, like one week if they get the, the buy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and maybe, you know, if if, if the, the Cowboys get upset, maybe they would have it, you know, throughout the playoffs. But but they're a different team without that. And so we'll, we'll see because they really need to get this thing kind of, you know, back on track before they get into the playoffs because you don't just turn the light on once you get to the playoffs and expect to play better. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and it gets so much tougher too. I mean, like, you know, obviously – you see the difference of not having Earl Thomas when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Packers versus, say, you know, this week where you can probably bluff your way through it against Jared Goff and the Rams. You know? Right, right, absolutely. That's, But they're not really the only team that's kind of struggling a little bit lately. I mean, you saw Dallas lost last week, and, of course – you know, that's only their second loss of the season after an 11-game win streak. So it's not like – I mean, in, in the big picture, 
you lose your first game after winning 11 straight, it's probably not the end of the world. But because this is the Cowboys and you have that whole quarterback situation there, you'd have thought that, you know, Dak Prescott, like, went out and gave the game plan to the Giants ahead of time or something to see the takes out there. Really, you, you would almost think that he played horribly from some of these takes, which, which really wasn't the case. You no. know, I went back and watched the game again, and, you know, if you want to have a gripe with somebody, I, I think you got to have a gripe with Dez Bryant before you even get to Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. You know, he falls down on the slant play, <clears throat> which basically, you know, hands uh, the Giants' uh, uh, interception. And then later on in the game, you know, he's got a kick. Well, we don't really know what a catch is, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but, you know, he appears to catch the football and then ends up fumbling it. When they when they only needed a field goal, I think he would have caught it around a 40, their own 40 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you get a couple more uh, uh, first downs and, and you got your game-winning field goal, perhaps. So, uh, and Dez is supposed to be that guy. You know, he's supposed to be Mr. Reliable in situations like that. And in this particular game, um, he, 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 he did not uh, live up to that. So um, did Dak play outstanding football? Absolutely not. I would also question the game plan a little bit, though, because, look, we know what teams are going to do to him now. They're going to send a lot of pressure, yep. and they think that, that he has a problem with it. So get him out on the edge. Get him out of the pocket a little bit. You know, here's a guy that's very athletic anyway. I really thought uh, Dallas kind of missed the boat without moving the pocket for him a little bit more against the Giants. Because mm-hmm. uh, the Giants, <laughs> they definitely blitzed him, and he definitely did have some issues. But there were a bunch of guys getting open downfield either. So, um, But, you know, it's one of those things where the Giants were the team that beat him in week one. Yeah. So maybe it's just one of those matchup situations where – Hey, the Giants, for whatever reason, are a bad matchup for, for mm-hmm. the Cowboys. And now you just got to kind of hope <laughs> that you don't end up facing the Giants in the playoffs. Because <laughs> everybody else that they faced this year hasn't been so fortunate. Right. Well, and the Giants, I mean, they could very well end up facing. I mean, the Giants, like I say, barring, uh, you know, some weird circumstance, are probably going to the playoffs. They're 9-4 and four right now. And it's, uh, you know, they're the, by record, I guess, well, the, I guess the Lions have nine wins also, but, you know, by record, they're tied as the second best team in the NFC right now. And that's really without the offense playing all that great. Right. Um, and, and, look, uh, they were able to uh, – they had some young kids that, that come in for a JVP last week, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought the loss of, of – uh, Pierre Paul was, was going to be a much bigger hindrance than it ended up being. But, you know, I'm not sure if that kid is going to have those kind of games with him every week. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. But that was a – what was his name? I can't I can't think of his name right now off the top of my head. Oh, oh uh, I could try to pronounce it, but I will just fuck it up. So I'll let folks go look it up on the internet if they would like to see <laughs> to see that but he did a good job filling in for uh jpp but you know the game plan you know they took advantage it seemed like they blitzed a lot too 
They did. They, they really, you know, they came out the deck. And like I said, you know, it, it seems like as the season has gone on, that that's what teams are choosing to do. They, they feel like uh, that's what he's going to have a problem with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of that comes back to, like I said, play call, and some of that comes back to um, receivers have got to get open. Mm-hmm. When you have all teams blessing you, that's when you got to make them pay. And, mm-hmm. and we just didn't see a whole bunch of that uh, of guys, you know, running open. Um, when you look at the all twenty-two, yeah. So, sticking with that theme, another team that's been red hot and suddenly lost last week, and it was a Thursday game, so it's been a bit. But uh, is the Raiders? Raiders went in, lost to the or Raiders went to Kansas City, lost thirteen to twenty-one to the Chiefs last week. Um. I mean, I don't get the sense from that game, like having watched it, like, oh man, the Raiders are just, and they've, they're a similar thing too with the Cowboys. They've lost both games to the Chiefs now this season. That's three of, two of their three losses have been to the Chiefs. So it's just kind of one of those matchup things a little bit too, but it's, it's, um, I didn't get the sense from it that like, oh man, the Raiders are just screwed now. But at the same time, I think people saw, you know, for the first time in, you know, since what before back before Halloween the Raiders a little weaker maybe than they thought they were right and, and you know on the other hand maybe the Chiefs are a little bit better than they we thought they were oh yeah uh, for sure <laughs> so so that, that that you know it's one of those deals where uh, you know I just think they lost to a pretty good team and that happens um, which is the same thing I would say about Dallas and, and the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think the the Raiders are still, uh, you know, a, a very good contender this year. It's just that you know sometimes the ball's going to fall your way, sometimes it's not. And then of course, um, the quarterback was still dealing with that their finger that had popped out of place. Yeah. So he, you know, it's probably going to take him, you know, a little while to kind of uh, get used to that throwing with that hand, um, and, and hopefully he'll he'll probably progress from week to week and get better at it and get the hang of it. You know, Matt, Matthew Stafford is going to have to kind of go through the same thing this week. Mm-hmm. So who knows, but um, I still think the Raiders are playing, playing some really good football. You know, sometimes you just run into a buzzsaw. Yeah. You look at the, the little, the little, uh, what's his name? Tyreek Hill, I guess. Yeah. You know, this guy just all of a sudden making a whole bunch of plays and, and sometimes you can't account for that. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't like, I mean, it was 13 to 21. I mean, it wasn't like it was, you know, a massive blowout or anything like that. Just one of those deals where, you know, a, a ball bounces different here or there. You got a totally different ball game on your hands, you know? Yep. It's interesting. Nobody seems to want to win the AFC South. I guess maybe the <laughs> Titans. <laughs> I mean, that was a major league upset to me. <laughs> You know, the Titans beating the Broncos. Evidently, I asked if anybody had picked the, the uh, Titans in that game, and a few people uh, tweeted me back that they had. But I just, I, I was shocked that they ended up pulling out that game. I really was. Mm-hmm. So maybe look, maybe we're gonna have to eat our words about this exotic Smash Mouth because it turns out <laughs> it's, it's working out pretty well. <laughs> Man, it really is, and they're just like I mean that what they do in the I think what did they say? Marcus Mariota's got forty some touchdowns to, I mean, 
less than five interceptions in the red zone. I mean, it's just they're scoring at a 75% clip when they get inside the red zone, which, I mean. Uh, Unless he actually threw one in the last couple weeks, and I don't remember that he has. He hasn't thrown any red Uh zone uh, interception. So, I mean, that, that is a hell of a thing when you think about, you know, maybe not the highest touchdown numbers, but he's a guy that's not going to get you beat, basically. Right. He's going to make good decisions with the football. He's not going to uh, just throw the ball away. And you just contrast that with a guy like, I don't know, Jay Cutler. Yeah. Right? That, that's one of the probably the number one reasons why so many uh, football fans hate Jay Cutler is because he gets in the red zone and just, you know, gunslinger mentality. I'm just going to throw it up to anybody. Um, but, you know, so, you know, Mariota's a guy who's maybe not as flashy uh, on the plus side, but he's not going to throw you out of games either. Yeah, exactly. No, and that offense hasn't been, you know, I, I still, if you pinned me down and asked me to define exotic smash mouth, I still don't think I could do it. But, uh, you know, whatever that offensive system is, it's they don't seem as intent on, you know, my concern with it was you got you know, a talented quarterback, are you just going to, you know, take the ball out of his hands and just hand it off 40 times a game? And then that hasn't been the case. I mean, they're letting him out there and make decisions. They're letting him use his legs. Um, it's not like, it's not like they're just telling him to stand in the pocket and, and, and be a quarterback that he's not. Nope. Uh, you know, they even doing some trick plays, getting him, getting him, uh, the ball on passes and stuff. So, I mean, it has been kind of fun to watch the offense. I really had some reservations about it earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Especially, look, if you can't run the football, then that offense sucks. Yeah. So, uh, but they, you know, uh, DeMarco Murray and, and the young kid from from Alabama, they have been a really good one-two punch for most of this season. Mm-hmm. And, and the flip side of that is when they can run the football, you are in major, major trouble mm-hmm. because then they, they can, you know, they can get Mariota on the edge. They can, you know, get get that uh, the Delaney Walker, uh, you know, football on like run pass option type plays, and and so you know when you look at a team that's kind of built for the, the weather mm-hmm. of late in the season too, uh, you know, the Titans, you know, they, <laughs> I still don't trust them. No, okay, but. You know, they may be a team that, that's hard to beat in these later months when you really have to be able to run the football and you really have to be able to uh, 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 not turn the football over as well. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting because right now they're in a two-way tie with the Texans for the top of the AFC South. The only thing that really said they, – they're both seven and six. The only thing – this is – this is if this isn't the most AFC South fucking stat I could have imagined. But the Texans are four and zero against the division, and the Titans are one and three against the division, and that's the difference right now. <laughs> but then they comes down; they play each other in Week Seventeen. I kind of wonder that might end up being the <laughs> that could end up being our primetime game on New Year's Day, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, it really could. And in that situation, you look at the contrast of Brock Osweiler, who who never met an interception he doesn't like to throw at, <laughs> and you got Mariota, who's really really good with the football. Most of the time. And I wouldn't be surprised if that game came down to 
you know, who had the fewest turnovers. Yeah. Which would mean I'd probably have to go with the Titans. <laughs> no. Man, what a year. Jeff Fisher gets fired and the Titans go back to the playoffs. I tell you what. <laughs> it, there could be such poetic irony in it. I mean, just like, seriously, I hadn't even thought about it, but yeah. That could certainly, yeah. You know. <laughs> Old Bud Adams I, some, from somewhere down below sticking those middle fingers up again. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume owners, you know, you're probably coming from down below on that anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. What? I'm, the other teams, the Cowboys have fallen off a little bit. Lately, I still don't know quite what to make of Detroit. I mean, Detroit keeps winning games. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, they beat the Bears, but it was a close one. Hmm. I mean, they haven't. Uh, well, it's going to come down to Matt Stafford in it, and that finger. Really. Yeah. And now, you know, I think his finger might actually be worse off. Derek Carr's. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about that, but um, it, it, I can't. Uh, trying to throw a football in the cold with a bad finger oh, yeah. seems like a bad proposition to me. So, you know, Detroit thankfully has, you know, the indoor facility and in, in, indoor stadium. But, you know, if they have to go on the road at all and, and try to win a game in the cold, Mm-hmm. It's like it's going to be a lot to ask of Matt Stafford, who has played exceptionally well this year. He's, he's having his best season of his career, but you know that's just asking a lot of a guy. I yeah, think, you know, to play with that kind of injury and, and still play well. Yeah, and it's the Giants this week too, so that's not an easy defense. Nope, and they're they're going to probably load load the box and force them to throw the football too. So mm-hmm. you'll see early on just how much the the injury will affect them or not. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a it'll be a good game to watch. It's on the road in New York, and then they're on the road at Dallas next week. So the as the Lions kind of you know try to stay in there, and then you got the Packers coming up, and their schedules quite a bit different they got the bears and the vikings over the next two weeks but you also have a quarterback who's dealing with some injuries in green bay too what do you pull pull something i I guess he had a hamstring injury already like just sort of you know something that they just were kind of dealing with and then he pulled a uh, what the hell it was another part of the leg like a calf muscle or something yeah it was a calf a calf and that's the what caused him you saw him limping in that game limping around in that game last week against the seahawks yeah you know he was a guy who uses his legs so much just just to move around inside the pocket that you know having the hamstring and the calf be bad on you that it's going to be really hard for him to even just maneuver around the pocket you know just kind of you know how he does sometimes just you know move left move right and then step up and throw a touchdown it's going to be hard for him to do all that mm-hmm. with those injuries so it'll be interesting to see you know just how 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 much better he can get in a week with treatment and everything yeah yeah because i mean you can't i mean the packers aren't a realistic contender without him I and mean, they're not going to the playoffs if aaron Rodgers can't play you know 
And I think that's kind of been for all the hand wringing this season about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is still, I mean, he's had his down weeks for sure, but he's really been playing at a pretty high level the last month or so. But I don't know. Somebody, you know, who else has had a good month has been the Patriots. That all those AFC teams that were kind of red hot and have hit a little bit of a speed bump, and here's the Patriots that just seem to be kind of trucking along. I mean, it's not like the the 2007 version where they, you know, would put 50 points on the board every week with Randy Moss and, and company, but they're still getting it done without Gronk. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing though. Um... They're still finding ways to win without Grunt, but you have to wonder, you know, if and when it's going to catch up to them. Yeah, right. Because it's great. It's great the teams over overcome stuff like that. You know, when one of their best players goes out, but it, you know, you always just look forward to when they play a pretty good team mm-hmm. that that is kind of on their level and, and the kind of team where Grunt. Might have made the difference between a win and a loss. Mm-hmm. Then you get to see just how much they have, uh, uh, you know, adjusted to him being out. Obviously, having Michael Bennett on the team helps. I mean, not Michael Bennett, Martellus Bennett on the team helps to to lessen the blow. Mm-hmm. But still, there's going to come a time where you know one of those plays where only Grump could probably make comes up and nobody makes it, and mm-hmm. then you see, you know, you know what these these uh, Patriots are really all about. You know, the, the thing that they've done, though, they, they've kind of accentuated the run game now. Mm-hmm. And LeGarrette Blunt is just, you know, bulldozing people. And, of course, they got uh, uh, the other guys, uh, James White and, and, and the other kids just came back. So uh, we may see a very, very different Patriots uh, offense than we're used to seeing in these playoffs where, you know, they, they just really commit to the running game um, because they don't have Gronk out there. Yeah. And it's really hard. Like, I don't think, like, I mean, people see, you know, the Gronk stuff, you know, the the, the frat boy stuff that he does that we all kind of laugh at. And then you see, like, obviously, you know, the fantasy football kind of numbers. But that really still, like, you still, like, I don't get, like, people don't quite realize just what, a difference maker. I mean, how special of a player he is on the field too. You know what I mean? He's just, he's a matchup nightmare. Yep. And, and, and there's so many things you have to do to, to adjust as a defense coordinator when you have to, to try to defend both Gronk and Martellus Bennett. Yeah. You know, now you have to account for Martellus Bennett for sure, but you, you're not nearly as, as uh, uh, worried about playing different coverages and different fronts when you can't have both of them in there. Yeah. Yeah. It really changes, changes, it changes everything. And that wasn't, I mean, like that wasn't a, like the Patriots, I mean, they still overcame what those two, when I could just see Bill Belichick's reaction to the, I could just imagine what they said after the game with those two special teams fumbles, but they overcame them. Okay. And I think they probably get some help because the Ravens offense is not, all that great. And that'll probably be the case, I guess, this week in Denver. But, um, and they don't have a tough schedule then to finish out the season either. So it'll be interesting to see, though, what they what happens when you come playoff time and you get some, the matchups get a little, little tougher. I mean, like, you know, I was just thinking about the Chiefs and the Patriots. 
I mean, not that I think the Chiefs are just like the greatest team in the NFL or anything, but you know, excuse me, they have the kind of defensive players that make a, that that make it tough to play. Justin Houston playing out of his mind, Eric Berry, you know, it's just that could be a hell of a matchup. Well, I certainly agree, and then you you know. You have kind of the ball control offense uh, mm-hmm. for the Chiefs that, you know, to me is probably the better kind of offense to go against the Patriots where, you know, you just emphasize moving the chains. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of reasons to believe that right now, today, if they met, you know, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. The, the Chiefs could, could pull that game out. I just, you know, I, I still am just skeptical. I'm going to be skeptical until they they prove me otherwise. That once they get against, they end up against a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Not having Gronkowski is going to show up. Yeah. So you know, you, you you the thing about the Chiefs defense is <clears throat> they can line up and 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 and, and play the run with you too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Houston has been fantastic with his, his run technique since he's been back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that, that's not a team that I think the, the Patriots can necessarily just line up and pound like they've been doing some other teams with LeGarrette Blunt. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's a red-hot team that I don't think anyone really would have figured to be in the position they're in. But here they are at 8-5, and five, challenging for – the NFC South and a shot in a wild card bid for the playoffs. The Bucks. How many in a row yeah. is this now? Five. Uh, I believe five. Yeah, they they've been playing well, and we we kind of said that a little bit last week. Um, the thing of it is, is the offense is kind of cooled off. Yeah. So that that's that's a little bit of a worry there, but the defense has really stepped up. Um, you know. Uh, Noah Spence, who who I was so high on mm-hmm. uh, in the spring, has really come on strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he did, I think he may not have had a, a a tackle according to the stat sheet on Sunday, but he was he was around uh, Drew Brees quite a bit, and yeah. I know like one <clears throat> long long incompletion, <clears throat> he he got around there and actually hit. Uh, breeze on the arm as he was delivering the ball. Mm-hmm. So the, the defense, the, the, the pass rush is really coming on. Uh, the secondary is playing better. They, they've kind of uh, stepped up the last few weeks, uh, uh, getting interceptions to seal the game at the end of the game in the last couple of weeks. So, uh, you know, there's it, two ways to kind of look at this. <clears throat> One way is to say, the, the offense has kind of become stagnant, mm-hmm. and if the defense ever falters, then they're going to be in trouble because you know the defense hasn't been allowing like seven or ten points or, or what have you the last few weeks. Yeah, but the offense has only been scoring a couple of touchdowns themselves. So you know you get up against teams that get twenty-one points, and then what? But the other way to look at it is okay if the defense can continue to play this strongly, and the offense comes out of its funk, which it should, I think. Uh, they just got to kind of, uh, you know, get back to, to the basis of running the football. Mm-hmm. And when they run the football well is when they play the best. I, you know, I said that about <clears throat> the Bucks last year with Jameis. Um, it, it just opens everything else up 
and, and, and it gives Mike Evans opportunities to make plays down the field. Mm-hmm. So they really need to, to do a great job of running the football and then everything else will kind of fall into place. So it, it, it could go either way. But, uh, you know, as long as they keep uh, Jameis healthy, as long as uh, Mike Evans is healthy, they always have a chance on offense. Mm-hmm. And so they, they just really need the defense to continue coming on strong like they have been. And, you know, they're going to pre- keep the pressure on the, on the Falcons for, for that, you know, AFC South title. Mm-hmm. You know, coming out of the stretch, they both, you know, I, I think the Falcons have a tie break over them. But, you know, it's going to come down to the wire, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen the Falcons where it was last week or the week before. I can't remember what it was. With <laughs> It was just a clip on Bomani's show I caught on ESPN <laughs> talking about you can guarantee that the Fal- <laughs> some Falcon sadness is going to happen. And, you know, they lost to the oh, Chiefs yeah. the week before. They didn't have any problem against the Rams, obviously, as we talked about earlier, but. <laughs> yeah, I, he was talking. You no, know, because Bomani used to be a, a Falcons fan, and yeah. he was going through all of the different ways that they had let him down, like different plays and different stuff. Like, you know, when when their their Pro Bowl uh, uh, Man of the Year award uh, guy <laughs> Eugene Robinson got caught, you know, solicited a prostitute <laughs> before the Super Bowl. You know, I wasn't not before the Super Bowl, before like the NFC Championship or something. He just went through this whole litany of different things that kind of <laughs> killed his, his Falcon fandom. But it's true. You know, I still think about this, all, you know, several years later. They, they were in the NFC Championship game against uh, the 49ers. The, yeah, the year the 49ers went with Cap. And they were winning the game. Mm-hmm. Like, they were going to go. Mm-hmm. And just inexplicably, Matt Ryan fumbles the snap. Mm-hmm. He just fumbled it, like from under center, and it almost looked like he threw the ball in Alton Smith's direction. Like it was the weirdest play ever. And it's kind of funny to me that people don't even talk about their play much, even now. But I, I just won't ever forget <laughs> it. Like literally, I thought the game was over. The Falcons going to win. They they had marched down. They were already in 49ers territory. And I think all they needed to do was like maybe kick a field goal mm-hmm. to seal the game. And he just literally just just fumbled the ball right to Alden Smith. Like, not not just on the ground, in his direction. Like, here you go. And, and, and you know, that's one of the, you know, I, I don't think Wafana was a fan by then, but that's another one of those things where you say, like, they just found a way to break your heart. So, you know, coming down this stretch, if you're a Bucks fan, you got to kind of feel good about the chances uh, of winning the AFC South. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I just looked up that box score while you're talking about it. <laughs> yep, third quarter. There it was. Damn. <laughs> surely, surely, surely they could they could pull it out. But then, like you said, if you're the box, there you go. You got you got fate on your side too. There. Yeah, well, no. Uh, <laughs> Tradition of worst to first, and then you know, the Panthers kind of they they, they kind of messed it up because they they won the AFC South a couple years in a row. Yeah, but that, that's kind of been the tradition. It's worst to first, and so um, I'm not sure the Bucks were exactly worse last year. It might have been them or New Orleans, but close enough. <laughs> well, and I I think that would be like the Lions weren't worst last year in the NFC North. 
obviously the Seahawks weren't either. So that's the, I mean, that's the only one with a shot at it right now. Yep. So we'll see. It could be interesting. Man, then you throw the Titans. Well, maybe the Titans, I guess the Titans too. How could I forget the Titans? Oh, I guess that's not really that hard to do. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if they were last in last place last year or not. But that's always good. It's always fun when, yeah, they were dead last last year in the AFC South. So go Titans. But it, it's always fun to see where there be those new teams in the playoffs this year. That's always nice not to have. I mean, like, you know, bless the Bengals' hearts. I just, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to watch a Bengals playoff game this year. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really seem like this a, a likely scenario if they get in. I'm not sure if they've already been eliminated, but they should have been. Just this has been an awful year for them. They did find a way to beat the the Browns last week, though. So. Of course, and, with and, a lot uh, of help from the Browns too. Yeah, of course. You know how they use those flea flicker from your own end zone, just in the triple coverage. Just really, I mean, come on, man. And then you got Pac Man Jones calling. Uh, the trash can. What's his name? Uh, call him Terrell trash Pryor. garbage. Terrell Pryor looking in a trash can, looking for him. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> for for uh, a game that was against two teams that aren't going anywhere, that game had a lot of drama. It, so. Last, I'm telling you, if there was a theme, I mean, the Cowboys playing on, in primetime losing kind of drowns everything else out, but. If there was a theme Sunday, it was the beefing. Everybody was beefing that Harry Douglas thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what? The thing about that is, I, I didn't want to say this on Twitter because everybody, of course, is universal of their condemnation. Yeah. But that was basically a legal play. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't like, that wasn't really the definition of a cheap shot. Yeah. Because it's a legal play. He saw. Uh, uh, Chris Chris Harris saw him coming. Um, it's just that you know it's an unnecessary play. Yeah, it's one of those plays where you know what are you doing that for? You away from the play. Um, obviously, the play was pretty much over, and then you took the shot anyway. Yeah. So you know it, it's it, it in some respects it's a cheap shot, but it's not like he blind slides, blindsided him or something like that. But it just you know kind of speaks to why you, you might want to eliminate cut blocks. Period. Anyway, mm-hmm. like you know, you you take them away in some situations, uh, mostly with the with the you know the line mm-hmm. near the line, and then you have situations like on special teams where you can't cut somebody yeah. uh, running down there, and, and you know on interceptions you can't cut the blockers or whatever. So wh- so why even allow it in that situation either? If you take it away, you don't have those situations to begin with, and it's really just not a whole lot of reason for for that to be necessary, in my opinion. Yeah. For a guy to be cutting a dude way away from the play, I, the play is almost already over, and it's still technically a legal play. Mm-hmm. Well, now in the offseason, it'll be interesting. We can, we'll have to keep an eye out for uh, the Atlanta police blotter section to see if uh, Aqib Tlaib lives up to his promise of taking him out in his agent's office. <laughs> Their agents off. Whoop his ass. <laughs> but, but you know, just think about like seriously, because for a minute we all thought that might have been it for Chris Harris. Yeah. I mean, just that would have been such a major, major shift of power on a stupid ass play. Yeah. That was totally <clears throat> unnecessary. Yeah. That could have definitely changed 
um, you know, the fortunes of, of of the Broncos. Now, you know, they end up losing the game anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But still, you know, this is a team that we kind of expect to be in the playoffs. Looks like they have a good shot of being in the playoffs. Chris Harris goes out, and all that's kind of out of the window, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's the only thing keeping them afloat right now is that defense. That'll, that'll be it. What was the other? Then you had the, the, the Terrell Pryor, Pac-Man Jones thing. What was it? And then the, the Calias Campbell. I mean, I saw a lot of Dolphins players were pissed off about the Calias Campbell hit on – Ryan Tannehill, but if you look at the tape, and this was, you didn't even have to have the All-22 to see it. Now, All-22 was late getting out last week for some reason, or this week, but, um, like, you can see where, and I don't, I'm, I'm sure he didn't do it intentionally, but, like, Brandon Albert does push him from behind. <clears throat> he goes down into yeah. Tannehill. Yeah. I, those plays, are, man, they, they, most of the time, a guy isn't trying to hurt somebody in those situations. And they only put the, the, the rule in because of guys who got hurt inadvertently. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I, I say this all the time. Unless you've been in that position, it's hard to even explain or describe what it's like trying to navigate all, all that trash up front of you um, to to get off a block and get a sack in the first place or mm-hmm. get a pressure or get a hit on the quarterback. You're off balance. You got people tugging on you. You got gravity weighing you down, and, and you're still trying to get there. You know, it, it's just sometimes it has nothing to do with trying to hurt a guy in the first place. It's just you really don't have any control. And, yeah. and so Brandon Allen pushed him from the back. What is he supposed to do? Yeah. There's no way he can he can possibly account for that. But, you know, I, at the same time, I understand people are going to be mad when somebody gets hurt. But, you got it's football. Yeah. People get hurt, you know, and and most of the time it's not of the variety of like, you know, the kid the kid trying to cut uh Chris Harris where you know it, it it's uh somebody's really, you know, maybe trying to hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's just an accident. So you you can't be mad at Calais Campbell. I don't think he did anything dirty on that play. No, that, and he's not a go. dirty player. I mean, I know people kind of referred back to that hit on Cam Newton, but that was this in similar situation too. And he just, you know, Campbell's never been a guy that you look at like. I mean, it's not like if Indamia Kansu had done that, everyone, you know, that'd been the first thing people wondered, and and like it would always, accident or not, would have always had that sort of, you know fog over it but with Campbell it's not you know he's not a player that has a reputation like that and, and you just all you have to do is look at it. I mean it's, it's just not it, in both of those situations I, I don't think there's a way for him to have avoided the contact happening the way it was yeah uh, except except to get blocked yeah except just a lot to get blocked other than that it, you know that that's just how they, they, those plays are going to go. Yeah. And, and I think he did get fined for the Cam Newton hit. So Yeah, he did. It's not like he got off scot-free. He might get, get fined for this one, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't look like anything close to intent on either one of those situations. Yeah. With, with Sue, you know, even when he doesn't necessarily look like he's trying to do something, <laughs> it, it, it's just so awkward or whatever. You almost like, okay, he had to, you know, he almost had to do that on purpose. Yeah. You know, just he just happens to step on people and just so happens to knee people and yeah. just so happens to elbow people. You know, you one of the best athletes in the world, pound for pound. But, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, what's the dude in basketball to accidentally kick, 
quote unquote accidentally kicks people all the time. Uh, <laughs> Draymond Green. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you like the Draymond Green of football. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. But that's just a totally situation when it comes to Calais Campbell. So I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even mention those two guys in the same breath. Yeah, exactly. Well, and if last week you had some beefs, and this week you got it was the primetime game, but it got flexed out since the Bengals are kind of trash now. But you got a uh, the perfect versus the Steelers matchup again. Yeah, I don't think that one's going to die down for quite a while. No. Uh, <laughs> Because, you, you know, Burford is just, he's just a dude that, that every once in a while is going to do something really stupid. He's you know, playing that way since he was in high cheap. school. Right, you know, yeah. and, and you just got to know that. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> if you're the Steelers, though, you're trying to get in the playoffs. You're yeah. trying to you know, make a run. Your offense is looking great right now. You almost can't allow yourself to get caught up in that because you end up focusing so much on that. That uh, you know, you play just poorly enough to let a team like the Bengals beat you, mm-hmm. and they can't afford any losses right now either. So, um, if I if I'm the the Steelers, the last thing I want to do is rehash that right now. I want to be focused on this game, just getting in there, getting a win, and getting out uh, without even worrying about all the extra stuff. Because if you're looking for that stuff and you're worried about that stuff, it's, it's going to take on a life of its own. Yeah. Yeah, and not get baited into it either, you know. That'll be interesting to see if they can – because I'm sure he'll probably have a few things where he, you know, that, that could draw some retaliation. So we just – you know, if whether or not they kind of play into that will be the thing to watch – the matchup to watch. Yeah, because you know he's going to – Oh, yeah. He's going to – I was. I don't even think he played the first time they – I think he was still suspended the first time they met. Yeah, week two was their first game this season, so he wasn't even on the field then. <laughs> so he's got some saved up, man. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's, 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 uh should be something to watch. Should be should be something to watch. But uh, – we got a game tonight. That's Thursday, Ram Seahawks, as uh, Richard Sherman said. It's Thursday night poop fest, so. <laughs> yeah, you got to be looking forward to it after that, right? <laughs> if that doesn't get you to turn in, I don't know what tune in. I don't know what will. <laughs> and then the uh, game Sunday, and then and then we got a, a Christmas. Santa's bringing us a whole bunch of games on Christmas Eve next week, so. There you go. Thank you, Santa. <laughs> Steven, uh good show. Let's let's uh reconvene next week and uh talk some more football. How about that? Sounds good to me.